Hi, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of the Friendly Confines podcast. I'm Ryan Lieber, and with me, as always, Chad Gordon, as we enter the first week of the Major League Baseball season and the Cubs, well, not off to the best start that we had hoped. Chad, what are your initial reactions to seeing the Cubs through the first week of the year? It, it's It's been very interesting, and we'll get into, really, is it too early to panic in the first inning, but... You know, it's 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 not what you had hoped, and and some of the the, the worst fears of the off season and not making a big splashy uh, signing. Um, even though the team has the second highest payroll in all of baseball, uh, a lot of the the naysayer fans are definitely being heard. Cubs Twitter is in full effect. But let's talk about the week ahead for just a second. This is a really big week. Um, this this is the this is the everybody this is as we know him this is Ryan Lieber's last show on the podcast. Uh, so we, are you are you taking her name? How does this work after this marriage <laughs> this this coming weekend? That's right. This is my last podcast as a single man. I've oh. held out as long as I possibly can. Um, not as long as you, but nope. I've I've held out pretty long. Um, you know we're we're not that uh, progressive in our relationship. She will take my name eventually, but I did tell her if this makes it any better, she didn't have to take my name. Well, that's nice. So if she wanted to keep yeah. her last name, she could totally do that. So, um, but yes, I am getting married on Sunday. And uh, we're looking forward to it. A lot of planning has gone into it, but we're pretty excited. Uh, that is so great. That's so great. And and uh, um, I have equally exciting news. I'm I'm flying into Chicago on Sunday, and I'll be going to opening the the, the home opener on Monday. It's it's very similar in terms of highlights <laughs> in our in our life. Me going to my 14th home opener, and you getting married. But uh, no, congratulations in all seriousness. And I can't wait to to um, to, to connect with you after the honeymoon uh, on the next show. So, Mazel um, Tov. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, buddy. And I know you'll have a wonderful time as always at opening day. So I'm excited for you to to, to do that. But well, let's start, as you mentioned, in the first inning where you mentioned, Chad, is it too early to panic after this first week of the season? Personally, I think anytime you see a team struggle early on, it's more just getting kind of the kinks out of their system. I mean, we've seen really bad teams get off to good starts and then they kind of fall back to earth. I think this is the same thing. Don't read too much into it. While it's not the start I think fans wanted because we tend to kind of react pretty quickly when we're not seeing the results so fast, I don't think this is something we need to worry about right away. You know, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this did not start off uh, in, in a really positive way. So I'm not worried because, I mean, come on, guys. We're, we're a weekend and, and, and things just, you know, you have no idea who's going to be the hot team when it matters in, in August and September. So much ground can be made up with one hot streak. Um, it just exposed some concerns uh, that, 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 I, that I alluded to on the show opening, which is basically people, and we talked about it last week, what were your big concerns You know, in the, in the season opener edition? We talked about the bullpen and what has happened already. The bullpen has really struggled. Now, we did have some, some uncharacteristic sloppy games on top of that. Um, but offensively, uh, this has not been um, uh, too worrisome. The the players that you hope come out and start off hot have have looked really good. So there's a, there's a lot to be uh, um, excited about. But um, if the bullpen continues to struggle, uh, yeah, major red alarm flags. Uh, you know, in every which way. Um, but I, you know, I I really don't want to really think about a concern point until we're at least two weeks into the season. 
All right. Well, let's talk about the second inning now and that aforementioned bullpen that you were just alluding to earlier. Um, we have something that we need to discuss when it comes to this bullpen, because this was the cause of concern that uh, going into the year, we were going to uh, look at this team and say, well, Brandon Morrow is still out. Um, did they really do anything to shore up the pen? And the answer was no. And so far through the first week of the season, at least early on the road trip, um, the bullpen has not looked uh, to the expectations that we had hoped for, at least heading into 2019. And I do want to mention, Chad, that our special seventh inning stretch conductor this week is none other than ESPN 1000's Jesse Rogers, the beat reporter yeah. for the Cubs. And he goes into more detail about the bullpen as well. We're pretty excited to have him on. He's got a new book that's out called Try Not to Suck about Joe Madden. So pretty excited to have Jesse on as well as uh, we will hear from him in the seventh inning. But the bullpen, certainly something that I think this team definitely needs to address. Yeah, I'll pose the question to you is, is, is do you think they need to make a splashy move sooner rather than later? Or is this something that can wait until uh, the deadline? Well, I think that this might be a situation where if we don't see something after the first week, then yeah, maybe we do see a move, whether it's to the minors bringing up some guys who might have better answers than what they have currently on the staff. Um, I don't think Craig Kimbrell is coming to the Chicago Cubs. No. As much as I would love to yeah. see him on the team, if that's who you're kind of alluding to, that's not who I think is going to end up in a Cubs uniform, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and, and you look at like what what Andrew Miller has done with the Cardinals so far. You know, he is he's he's actually been a he's he's not been a good pickup for those guys. So it's it's it is a, it is a bit of a crapshoot. The um, the team as constructed right now is not not uh, um, not where they want to be from a bullpen perspective. But again, it's early time to to work out the kinks. I imagine a lot of them are pressing. Um, and and again, keep in mind this is a bullpen that is without their big dollar. Uh, closer and Brandon Morrow, so you know that you know you're asking a lot of a team to to uh, compete and uh, and function without their number one uh, closer, and so that will be a, a dynamic that we need to watch and and uh, monitor his uh, his return. So let's move into the third inning, and the thing uh, again I mentioned a little bit before is the one area of concern that I, I don't have right now is is uh, um, the power and the offense and. Uh, um, the way uh, the team has come out of the gate. So, Ryan, what do you think about this offense explosion to start the season? Well, it's what I thought it would happen. I mean, I'm happy to see that, as you mentioned earlier, the guys who we were depending on to lead this team offensively are starting to show that their bats are back. Yeah. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, we're seeing guys, you know, Albert Amora. These are guys that obviously we're going to have to depend on throughout the year. People were concerned after last year that offensively this team was really in need of a, another bat, a la a Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Didn't happen, but this team believed in who they had on the roster. And so far, the offense has not been the problem, stands for that game against Atlanta when they got shut out. But other than that, so far, I'm happy with the offense. What about you? Well, I mean, you know, when Javi Baez says, hey, you know, maybe you guys overlooked me as an MVP candidate when he hits two on, on, on the opener. Um, but then again, right. let's, let's be honest, Kristen Yelich wasn't holding back as, as well. He's, he's come out of the gates pretty, pretty much on fire. But what was exciting for me and what I think um, people hopefully will understand is that 
this is a very strong offense with a lot of strong tools. And if you've got Chris Bryant at 100%, Anthony Rizzo at 100%, Javi Baez at 100%, that is a that that is a trio that uh, that I think would trump um, most in baseball. And so the fact that they're coming out strong, um, and one of our big uh, concerns that we had going into this season was how can you know can everybody stay healthy, remain healthy, and, and be healthy? Um, the fact they all came in, looked dialed in. Um, that's 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 a, a plus for me, and that's something that's going to be really, really exciting to watch. Now, what wasn't exciting to watch, and we are you know talking about in the first week of the season, um, one of the def- one of the worst defensive games, and that brings us to the fourth inning. One of the worst defensive games in, in Cubs history, potentially that that Monday game, the 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 home opener for the Atlanta Braves, six errors, Ryan. That was that was. I hate to say it because I don't say it often. That was just gross. That was one of the worst games to watch I've I can remember in the longest time as a Cubs fan. What did you think? Yeah, it was definitely a, a dirty game for the Cubs. I mean, just bad errors, bad pitching. The offense didn't show up. I don't know what happened the night before to that team. Well, they just – but everything that could have gone wrong in that game Did. went wrong. I'd like to think that that was an aberration. The Cubs usually have – a high fielding percentage when it comes to the way that they play defense. Obviously, Chris Bryant and Javi Baez are are very good defensive players. The outfielders, you know, other than Kyle Schwarber, are very good defensive outfielders. Just wasn't their night. I mean, it was it was sad and hard to watch. And you could tell from the crowd shots of people on TV <laughs> that they were disgusted to be watching that baseball game but yeah it's not a good look Chad it's definitely not a good look because championship teams don't make defensive miscues like that especially six in one game so uh, I'd like to think that's just kind of a one-off and uh, we won't be seeing much more of that this year yeah I'm thinking like aberration and 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 basically that just can't happen again um, this year it just can't Uh, that 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 it's just one of those one of those times you know we've all we've all played sports where the team just 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 laid an egg you know and and it just it it just got followed on by other people uh and and you kind of lose your edge and that was it was such a bizarre game i i couldn't believe what i was seeing and also um i it's not what cubs baseball has been over the last couple of years so not a big concern for me but um what i would say is if that seems to be catchy and, and we do see this as the season goes on I have major alarm bells because that that shows that sense of urgency um, is not necessarily um, a thing if if people aren't playing with the edge that they they need to play with. So let's move on to the fifth inning. And this is interesting. Um, If if you are a follower of sports blogs and, you you know, you just keep up with the the minutiae of what's going on with the Cubs, Deadspin, which is, I I, I like it. They're they're, they're kind of the anti-ESPN where they – they take sports at a different angle and they get um, access to, you know, they, they have investigative reporters and they kind of do the underbelly of sports. Um, they somewhere over the last couple of months, they have got access to what it appears to be as Joe Ricketts, the, the patriarch of the, of the Ricketts family, um, um, got access to his emails and they have been doing this slow drip, creating different storylines, you know, and, and before it was about what Joe had said, which, you know, which was, was, was very insensitive and, and the family is, and major league baseball has come out against that. Um, but the most recent drip is in the last week and it detailed, it was so interesting, Ryan, it detailed 
the negotiations and the ongoing kind of the sale and purchase process nearly a decade ago of when the Ricketts and the Family Trust um, uh, were negotiating to buy the Tribune, you know, Ryan, you know, they talked about things like, and this was interesting, let me ask you a question. And we, we pre-talked about this a little bit, but when you think of the Cubs owner, who is it? Well, I think everybody looks at the face of it being Tom Ricketts, of course. What was interesting is there were emails after email. It was, it was, if you have siblings, it, you can appreciate this in a little way. Um, every time uh, Tom would talk to Cranes, which is the business journal in, in Chicago, or the Tribune, or even the Wall Street Journal, um, for instance, Laura Ricketts, a very outspoken sister, um, one of the four siblings um, in the family, she would come back and, and, and be upset because Tom was being portrayed as an owner. And then there was the other situation where Todd Ricketts actually said something is, you know what, my kids go to the same neighborhoods as, as, as Tom's kids, and I don't want them to have to constantly be explaining that we are equal owners and, and when they're being told that their Uncle Tom owns the Cubs. So, I, so it was kind of funny that, hey, billionaires, they're like us too. They get into it with their siblings. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I kind of feel like it's a non-story to some degree. I mean, I understand, I guess it's more ego than anything else, wanting to be recognized as an owner of a team. But there are countless examples of teams that have ownerships that are equal parts, and yet they kind of say, you are going to be the face of this yeah. franchise, regardless of how many people are on the board that own a piece of the team equally, right? So, yeah. yes, you have majority owners who um, obviously have the, the final say, and then they have the minority owners of the background. But there are examples in professional sports where there are people that own teams as a family, right? The Wilpons, yeah. I think, are one of those yep. Major League Baseball teams. The Buffalo Bills, the Pagula family, it's a husband and wife that owns it. But yet there is one central face of the franchise that kind of delivers the messaging. And so I can kind of understand why um, in this instance, you know, Tom Ricketts is that guy. We alluded to it earlier that he met his wife in the bleachers. He has connections to Chicago. So I get it. But yes, it is a little comical to see that egos still get the best of us at times and as siblings, you still bicker back and forth about the fact that, <laughs> hey, I still have just as much of a say about this as you do. So uh, let's move on to the uh, sixth inning now. And again, we get into this conversation a little more with Jesse Rogers in the seventh inning from ESPN 1000 in Chicago and ESPN.com. And Carl Edwards, who practiced all year long on a different delivery in spring training, kind of a more of a slower pace. Um, where he stops in his motion before delivering the baseball a lot, kind of a, a Clayton Kershaw. Well, now they're saying here in Major League Baseball that his delivery is illegal, and he's going to have to go back to his original delivery, in which he struggled all year with uh, in 2018. Um, Chad, what do you make of this situation, and how bizarre is this? You know, I... I don't think that Major League Baseball has it out for the Chicago Cubs. I have no reason to think that would be the case. Major League Baseball um, is a winner when the Cubs are playing well and, and uh, ratings are through the roof and, and there's so many marquee matchups that the Cubs can be a part of. But, man, it sure seems like Major League Baseball is putting the screws to the Chicago Cubs because, you know, my, my favorite reaction was the reaction that CJ had after the game when, when they Major League Baseball reached out and said, hey, that's illegal, and he said, 
would have been nice if you would have told me this during spring training and I would have practiced something differently. So here's a guy that over the entire offseason is thinking, I'm going to slow down my delivery and, and, and help me be a little bit more precise. And he does makes all these changes to try to get a little bit more control because, let's be honest, his main concern, he's not a, he's not a concern about power, it's about control. He, all that is thrown to the wayside. And it's interesting. I, I have friends that are connected to um, to uh, uh, CJ who, you know, they, they say uh, that, that there are times he just has no idea, earthly idea where that ball is going. He knows he's throwing it towards the glove. So he has to make some changes in order to maintain and hold on, you know, harness that velocity and put it in a more precise place. So what I make of this is Major League Baseball dropped the ball. They absolutely blew it here. They had a whole body of work in March uh, to, to be able to take a look at this and, and nip this in the butt early on. Um, they didn't do that, and it put CJ at a big disservice. We're going to see what it looks like um, you know, as, as the season goes on. But uh, this absolutely was a moment for Major League Baseball um, to, to do a much better job than they did. Yeah, I'll just say this really quick. I almost wonder if it's to the Cubs' benefit and to CJ's benefit to send him down to the minors to figure this out because something like this, I think, could really play with your mind and really have a mental impact on how you're going to do moving forward. I wonder if the best thing for the Cubs is to say to Carl Edwards Jr. and come to him and say, look, let's send you down to the minors. Why don't you work on your delivery? get back to the swing of things where you're comfortable with another delivery that's legal. You can work it out in AAA. We'll bring you back up and we'll bring somebody up in the interim to uh, make sure that we have something covered in the, in the meantime. That's the only thing that I think, well, not the only thing, but I think that might not be a bad idea when it comes to maybe alleviating the situation. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are excited. We got a great guest for you this week from ESPN 1000 and ESPN.com. It's Jesse Rogers, where you can find Jesse uh, at ESPN Shy Cubs. You can find him on Twitter, um, and he's kind enough to give us a few minutes here on the Friendly Confines. Jesse, welcome to the program. We're so pleased you could join us. Good to be here. What's going on? Everything is good, man. Well, I'll tell you what's going on right now. So far, uh, we have not seen what we thought we would see through the first uh, four games of the Chicago Cubs season. Uh, got off to a great start in that opening game against Texas, but it's been a little downhill since then. Um, what has been the biggest issue that you have seen from this ball club through the first week of the season? Well, I mean, it's just a few games, um, but uh, they just haven't put it together yet. You know, some teams get off to really fast starts. Other teams a little bit slower. They're they're in that second category right now. Uh, a couple of bullpen uh, meltdowns, uh, not a great offensive showing in one of the four at least, and then a, some defensive miscues. So um, usually you need, you know, three or four of your aspects of baseball going your way to to get on a little roll and they haven't had that just yet. Great first game, but a little bit downhill since then. I know people were concerned in this off season about the offense. The offense has not been an issue. Although uh, the other day against Atlanta, they, they certainly didn't look great, but overall it seems like the offense as of now has looked pretty solid. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. I mean, Texas is a good hitting park. So you have to take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt when you watch offense down there. Um, but look, you, you can't make any assessments about anything 
this early in the season. You really can't. The Cubs had a, in fact, the Cubs had a great offense for the entire first half last year, and then it went, uh, it went, it went south in the second half. So, uh, but definitely first few games, first week, two weeks, three weeks, you, you can't really assess a lot. Um, I think people are going to be more uh, analytical of this team early because of the things they said in the off season. And I've been saying a lot lately that I think they, they sort of talk themselves in a corner um, speaking so much about urgency and things. You're still going to lose some bad games, whether you're urgent or not. Um, and right now they've lost a couple bad ones. And that really doesn't point to anything other than just a, a, a bad start. I mean, they could, they could be well over 500 in a week or two and no one will be remembering this. However, if it goes the other way and they're, 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 they're well below 500 as they go to mid April, then you'll look back and say, God, uh, they, they showed us right away what, what they were going to be. So it, it, it's just too early to assess anything right now. We're talking with Jesse Rogers from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, also ESPN.com. And you can find Jesse on Twitter at ESPN Shy Cubs. He also has a book, Try Not to Suck, about Joe Madden. You can find that on Amazon. Is that is that correct, uh, Jesse, about uh, the book? Yeah, Amazon, or if you're in the Chicagoland area, it's all over the bookstores. Um, uh, it just came out in paperback, so a little cheaper. Uh, a year ago, it was hardcover. Hardcover just came out in paperback. So if you want to pick it up, it's available uh, at Amazon and elsewhere. And and Jesse, also a graduate of Glenbrook North High School. Jesse, believe it or not, I am also a graduate of Glenbrook South High School. My brother went to North. So we do have a very nice listenership in the North Shore area. You'll be happy to know that. So That's good. So, good, so good. there you go. GBS, uh, GBS is only second to GBN. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Since you're our guest, I'll, I'll let you slide with that one. Jesse, let's talk about the bullpen for a little bit. Uh, obviously, that was an area that I think a lot of people going into the season felt like there was a concern there. Um, and it didn't seem like it It allowed us to feel any better through these first few games. What What is your overall um, prognosis from what you're seeing in the bullpen, uh, especially with Brandon Morrow still out for an extended period of time? I actually think they may have better arms in AAA than their frontline guys here. Time will tell. It is a little shaky. Um, uh, Steve Ciszek, second most appearances last year. We'll see if that catches up with him. Edwards sort of up and down in his career. Uh, Morrow out. Uh, I I think Strobe's fine, but I don't think Strobe can be an everyday closer. So it's it's a little shaky, but they've had a top four or five bullpen every year since they became a contender. So I'm, I'm sure Theo will figure it out. Although there's always that one year that pops up and you just, you know, fall off the cliff and you, you just hope that's not the case this year. But I think it's, I would not be surprised in two months, midway through the season, if there's five different names compared to the ones that started the year that are main guys up there. You know, I think uh, Brandon Kinsler, who's sort of a, a B reliever, could turn into an A one. I think there's two or three in the minors that could end up being up here and being big time contributors. I think Randy Rosario could turn into a real interesting, uh, important piece. He maybe is already. So I think it's a work in progress, which a lot of bullpens are even early in the season. Uh, Again, if you're talking urgency, it's not something you want to hear, but you can't have a perfect team when you don't make any changes to it from the previous year. And all the Cubs did was add Brad Brock. So um, I think they got to work out some roles. I think that's going to take some time. Yeah, and one of the the guys in the bullpen is Carl Edwards Jr., who struggled last year, worked on his delivery in the offseason, and I've been reading now that they're saying his delivery is not uh, able to be used when he's on the mound. It's basically an illegal 
uh, like pitch that he's throwing or, or a motion? It, what, what is the latest on that? And, and what is there for him to do at this point to work out um, his motion on the mounds? Well, he's just going to go back to his old motion, which is just uh, was a more fluid thing. And that might be the best thing for him, to be honest. When you're having control problems, adding a hesitation move may not be the smartest thing. Now, he did look good in the spring, and they have deemed it illegal, but I'm not – the problem is he's tapping his foot twice on the ground, but I didn't see him do that early in spring. I, 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 he's done it more lately, and that's why I think they've identified it as illegal. I could be wrong about this, but the way I saw it was early in the spring, there was just a hesitation at the sort of the top or bottom of his delivery. One, one, he was hesitating right before he threw the ball. Kenley Jansen does the same thing. But now they've said he's tapping his foot twice on the ground. You can't do that, apparently. So I guess I'll go back to his old motion. He looked good the other night in Atlanta using it. Velocity was up. Um, but he's got to put together a six-month season. His problem has been fading late in the year. I think they're going to be very careful with him. It's kind of been an under-talked-about under-talk, story. I don't think they're going to use him uh, many nights back-to-back at all. They're going to really save him for the stretch run. He's a small, thin guy. I think he, he's um, prone to potential shoulder problems if they overuse him, and certainly he loses his control. So – I'd be surprised if they use him back-to-back very often. At what point, Jesse, do you think there is a sense of urgency on this team if we don't start to see them kind of pull up and look like the team that we've seen the last several seasons? Well, I mean, if they if they are under 500 at the end of April, if they're five, seven, eight out, not five, but seven, eight, nine out, yeah, you better believe there's going to be a sense of urgency. They could be sellers by, mid-Jul- by mid-July. Um, I, I don't know what a sense of urgency looks like in baseball. I know what it looks like in football. You play 16 games in, in the NFL. I don't know what it looks like in baseball unless it's October um, where you sell out to win every game. You use every reliever. Whatever, you, you do whatever you have to to win a game. I don't think you do that at this time of year. They, they've talked like they're going to do that, but they can't. They're already starting Mark Zagunas in left field a couple games. You don't do that if you have some crazy sense of urgency. Um so I, I think it, it's a it's a weird phrase to use in baseball unless it's October. Let's talk about the rotation. Obviously, that was the part of the team that I felt the most confident in going into this year. And unfortunately, so far, it, it hasn't looked great. I mean, Hendricks got slammed the other night uh, after signing that huge extension in the offseason. Um, for my money, I'm, I'm going to say that's a one-off, knowing how great of a pitcher Hendricks is. Hamels uh, got hit pretty hard. Um, any concerns that you've seen so far in just the first uh, few games from the rotation saying this doesn't look like it should? No, no. Uh, again, Hitters Park in Texas, it was a couple tight strike zones there. Um, you're right, Hendricks wasn't great. Uh, some other, you know, runs that hurt him as well, some defensive miscues. So that always adds something, adds more pressure and more pitches to a, to a starter. I, I, my assessment is this. They have a bunch of twos and threes, but no real number one. And that could be a problem as well. They don't have anyone to grab the ball and throw nine innings, essentially, to stop a losing streak. I mean, obviously, any of the five can because they're good pitchers, but they don't have Scherzer. They don't have DeGrom. They don't have Nola. They don't have Sale. They don't have a stud. Now, can you win a World Series with twos and threes? Yeah, you can. It just is a different path because you, a lot of most contenders have that guy you can rely on. They're not in that situation anymore. So, it's a concern on some sense, um, but not because of what's happened the first week. Is Darvish a guy that you think will be able to 
ultimately turn things around and be better this season? What do you hold out hope for at this point? Well, it'd be hard to be worse. So I think he'll be better. <laughs> I think he'll be better, but I don't think he's he, he's in the Scherzer DeGrom category, and he won't be. So he's a middle-of-the-rotation guy making sort of top-of-the-rotation money, and um, expectations are high. Uh, I, I think he'll be, he'll be okay. That's it. I think he'll be okay. And I don't know if okay was what they were thinking when they signed him. Jesse Rogers from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. ESPN.com. You can find Jesse on Twitter at ESPN Shy Cubs. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines. We would love to have you back again. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. You got it. Have a good one. Our thanks to Jesse Rogers from ESPN 1000 in Chicago and ESPN.com. Again, you can find Jesse on Twitter at ESPN Shy Cubs. And of course, you can find his book on Amazon, Try Not to Suck. So thanks to him and all the uh, great work that he does covering the Chicago Cubs. Absolutely. Of course, uh, want to make sure you know where you can find us on Twitter. You can find Chad at Cubs Confines. You can find me at Ryan D. Lieber for any input and suggestions you have about the podcast. We're always welcome and interested to have you guys follow us with all the latest Cubs news. And absolutely. Uh, we are also uh, continue to build a very strong community on, on the Facebook. So uh, make sure right as you're listening to this to open up your Facebook app and search for Cubs Friendly Confines Headquarters. We've got a really strong community. We have daily updates, uh, original um, uh, writing. Um, it's a great place to stay updated on our latest podcasts. Um, and it's a great place as well for you to vent, for you to praise, for you to do whatever you want to, uh, depending on how the, the, the previous night or the current game is going. Um, and uh, we keep it friendly. There's not a lot of hatred and, and negativity. So, Hence so Friendly Confines. Friendly Confines, absolutely. So Cubs Friendly Confines headquarters well let's move in to the eighth inning and as we said before as we kicked off the show is it too early to panic well let's really talk about when is that moment that's too early to panic let's look ahead let's look ahead even though the season started in march but let's look at april as the first month at the end of this april ryan what are your expectations for this team where do you think they're going to be from a record standpoint and and how do you think they're going to be flowing Well, listen, I mean, we've seen over the course of the last several years, this team tends to get off to slow starts now, right? I mean, prior to that in 2015 and 16, we saw this team kind of take off. But since the World Series championship, the last two seasons, this team has not gotten off to the best of starts. And we've kind of seen this team kind of charge from behind. So I'm going to kind of stick with that mode of if we don't see immediately that they're in first place in the NL Central after the first month, I'm not going to be worried about it. A, because the NL Central is a great division. You have really good teams cannibalizing each other in the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs. And even you can throw the Reds in there at this point. They're not a bad-looking team these days with all the moves they've made. So it wouldn't shock me in the least if the Cubs are not in first place. Um, But certainly if we're around June – and this team is still kind of fledgling a little bit, Mm. then I start to say, okay, at what point do we kind of say, maybe we need to look at the future and say, this isn't the team that's going to be competing for a world series. I don't, I don't have that as, as a thought that I think we're going to have on May 1st. I do appreciate that. Um, But I, I I tend to agree with you that uh, a hot start is not something we typically see um, from, from the Cubs. Uh, It's, it's not something that they typically do. 
really what they need to do is get this worked out and figure it out. This is a marathon, not a sprint. So f don't forget that, guys, when there's a, a game like you see in Atlanta, even though there are a lot of warning bells and red flags, um, it, it, it's a collective effort. It's not each individual uh, shot fired. So uh, for me, if, if as long as they're over 500, I think that's very key, um, or very darn close to 500, um, and within earshot, nobody is going to run away with this division um, at all because of the, the, the amount of, of competition that's happening in this, in, in this division. Um, what I will say about the first month that is really uh, bewildering to me and very perplexing, I hate, and Robert Manfred, I know, I, I could only imagine that the commissioner of baseball is probably listening into this podcast. He probably wants to see what the fans are thinking. Big um, fan. He Big probably, fan. He's got to be a huge fan. And we are also going after him and, and seeing uh, if we can get him on the show as well. So that's one of our big gets. Um, and and I would just say, you know, you, you this whole scheduling, this is so unique. You start the season so early, earlier than it's ever been, and then you have these – one game to start the series day off. The Cubs are having that happen three different times. So you don't want to talk about a, a momentum piece. And I get it. You want to keep that open date in case there's a rainout or a, a, a weather issue. But it's not equally distributed for all teams. And I think the Cubs having that situation where their momentum is, is potentially neutered um, by having to take a day off after you open a season, I think that affects them, especially with the fact that the Cubs only have two off days in September, which will probably possibly get eaten up by weather issues. So my, my whole piece, uh, looking at the season, very upset about the scheduling um, issues that the Cubs and not everybody else has to face. 500 ball with an earshot and a lot of opportunities uh, to beat up on each other. So let's move into the eighth inning. Um, ninth nope, inning, ninth, rather. Ninth, ninth inning. inning. Yep, no, yep, it bring it home. Oh, my God. You know, the, uh, the not only does the bullpen struggle, I struggled in the bullpen. I didn't even know what inning it was. I've got to stay focused. Struggle is real. It is. The struggle is real. Hey, speaking of which, I don't know if you noticed this. You talked about Jesse's book, uh, Try Not to Suck. I love that whole the whole idea of them wearing that shirt in, in the start to spring training, Try Not to Suck. So I wear that to play ball and to tell the story. Um, but also uh, – Time for the ninth inning, and of course, the Cubs get their home opener next Monday against the Pirates, and of course, as always, it may be a little chilly in Chicago, but it'll be a sellout crowd at Wrigley once again. Chad, you will be at that game, and I know it'll obviously be another momentous opening day for you, so what are your expectations for your 14th opening day in Chicago? Did you just say Hope, opening day? Did you? Did you I, I, I kind of combined opening and hope, thinking maybe I, that's a good way of putting it, like I, opening day, like we're I, hoping for the best. I flip and love that. I don't. I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I swear to God, we need to go make like T-shirts right now. That is awesome. Let's let, yeah, log. I think log we need that. to copyright that. Yes, let's let's get a copyright. Let's because I was here when this happened. Um, let's yes. get a copyright. You work on that on your honeymoon in case you have anything else. Uh, to do if you had some free time. 100%. I love that opening day. And and you know what? I'm excited about it. Um, I love being there. I love the energy there. It's a reunion, seeing friends at different spots, going to my favorite places ahead of time. I always go by DMK Burger Bar on Sheffield and get a nice burger over there um, and, and walk over. I really appreciate it. I love Gallagher Way and sitting out there in the big patio. Um, you know, I usually would go to Murphy's as well, but I like Gallagher Way. Um, it is it is my favorite thing. I see my seatmates. I've been a longtime season ticket owner and holder rather, and I've got seatmates um, all around me in a circle that that I just love seeing. So you're right. It's 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 hope. It's optimism. It's excitement. Um, 
and it's Cubs baseball at Wrigley Field, and I'm excited as well to see what the new uh, renovations and what the offseason, they did a whole bunch of changes to the upper deck. They've added some new party decks, and I, I, I couldn't be more proud and more excited about the way Wrigley looks. I'm so excited about Monday um, and what that's going to bring, and I just, you know, just the thought of, of, of baseball being played at Wrigley Field, there's nothing to me that's better. Yeah, you know, I actually had the privilege of covering two opening days at Wrigley when I worked in Iowa, and I drove in for the day, mm. and it was pretty neat. I got, yeah. went in 2000 and 2001, and a little antidote, side note, I did a story at the time John Lieber was a pitcher on the yep. Cubs. Yep. I did a story, I wish I still had it, about Ryan Lieber meeting John Lieber. No relation, no relation. Kind of, no relation, yeah. we're not related, but it was such a great story. And I actually met his parents who were at the game that day. So it was kind of neat to uh, to do that story. And um, I have some, you know, and so opening day to your point, Chad, it is. It's optimism, it's hope, it's all those things, bringing people together and recognizing the fact, and I know we mentioned this last time on the program, that the good weather and summer, I know you and I get to experience that all the time, yeah. but it's right around the corner and uh, we get to experience that very soon at Wrigley. Yeah, you know, and, and I've been I've been at opening days where it's it's I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt. Um, I've been an opening day where I, I showed up in shorts and a T-shirt and then had to buy all the warm gear and blankets because it changed so drastically. I've been there where it rained sideways, snowed and sleet. You know, you, you don't know what the weather's going to look like. Um, it looks like it, there could be some chance of rain, but it just doesn't matter because the Cubs are back in town and Wrigley Field is going to be hopping. So happy opening day, everybody. <laughs> Happy opening day, and that's going to wrap things up on this edition of the Friendly Confines. My final one is a single man. I'm happy to do it with you, Chad, as always. For Chad Gordon, I'm Ryan Lieber. We'll talk to you next time. See you at the ballpark, everybody. And, Ryan, congratulations to you and your lovely bride. just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same when you're born in Chicago you're blessed and you're a field the first time you walk into Wrigley